I've had a request for all five, but we don't all know them, so the first and the last verses of the rep tag. Hello and welcome to That Option No Longer Exists, the uh, podcast that Tory incompetence is holding back. Um, my name <laughs> Sorry, is... Sorry, uh, are you blaming me? <laughs> I'm not a Tory. I'm, I am incompetent. I, I don't know. I think I blame Tory incompetence for everything. Uh, uh, as um, it's that, that seems to be the one. And I am John Bounds and I am on the, the, the far left of the <laughs> Labour Party, it seems, and with me... Uh, who's he's not a Tory though? We, if I call him a Tory, I'll probably be expelled. Is Adam Juniper? Yeah, remember the party's moving my way because I, I used to be on the far right of the party when you were winning. It's... <laughs> I didn't think of myself as on the far right of anything though. That's an unsettling phrase, isn't it? <laughs> yes, so uh, we haven't recorded uh during the whole pandemic so far, but we are um. We're, we're we're breaking out. Um, we're not in the same room. Uh, we are miles and miles and miles apart. I don't think either of us can catch anything while we're doing this. I mean, I can't see your hands, but um, <laughs> it's yeah. We it, this, the, well, I this think, seems I think safe. the only thing is we can't catch anything off each other while we're doing this. This this activity seems safe, but does being in the Labour Party seem safe? Does the progress of the Labour Party? Uh, seems safe. I was referring to Tory incompetence, and that uh, was the title of an email that's just landed um, in my inbox. And it seems to be, I don't know, the first time that Keir Starmer has decided to do anything other than completely agree with the uh, people on the other side of the House of Commons. I mean, that's funny you should say that, because I got the impression a few months ago that he wasn't exactly agreeing and he was making Boris and his friends look a bit dumb. And then then I just stopped getting any impressions about him. <laughs> that, was, that's the, that seems to be the main thing. There was a long silence. There was a brief bit in the news when they went, oh, 100 days. Yeah, he's doing fine, but it's a bit unfair, isn't it, this COVID business? Uh, and then broadly silence again with one big news story exception. Uh, which uh, you might remember, John. Um, was it when they discovered he was actually made of ham? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it involves uh, a certain legal case. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it. Well, luckily we're not in a CLP meeting. Um, I'm making the rules and absolutely anything is competent business to discuss on that option no longer exists. Yes, we've... Um, I was Insofar as, as a, either of us are competent... Well, of course, but as a as a as a branch secretary, I did, of course, receive an email from uh, well, our new general secretary suggesting that branches and and constituency parties could meet, but they could not, should not, uh, and probably would not uh, discuss either the uh, results of the EHRC investigation or anything to do with the court case, uh, which is tied up in the uh, leaked Labour report, or so-called Labour leaks. Um, so, in fact, <laughs> that kind of... As someone who's got to organise meetings, I thought, well, what's the point in meeting them? Because that's the thing you all want to talk about, and even if you couldn't put it on your agenda, it would definitely occupy the time in the pub after. Except you're not allowed the time in the pub after now, are you? Or are, or are you? I, I honestly don't know. Well, I, 
I mean, who knows? It's yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem. It didn't. It used to be quite easy. You know, you got a, you've got the church hall booked. You go along every month or so, um, and you you talk about things. When you've actually got to um, not only create an online meeting, but explain to all the people in your branch how an online meeting works, but with all the people moaning about not being able to find the link, not being able to find the button, not being able to find their headphones, not being able to find their computer, not being able to find their front door. Yeah, um, or, or it being slightly confused because it's not in the form of a pub quiz. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to. Um, it didn't seem seem to be worth it. I mean, I can tell you uh, something. We something we did do as a branch. If if that's interesting to you, uh, by all means. I mean, I must say, I enthusiastically attended all my branch meetings until they became non physical, and uh, I've I've not done a digital one. I, we we haven't. I'm not an know, officer or anything though. So we haven't. I've been to meetings. But I haven't been to a branch meeting, but we. Um, we, as the uh, the 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 officers, or at least um, and all the more active members, had a little bit of a, an email discussion. And when Rebecca Long Bailey was sacked, we sent a little. Uh, we wrote together, agreed, and sent a little letter to uh, the leader of the party, and congratulating him on the wiseness of his choice and how well it looked in the media. I presume, mm, not quite. <laughs> um, and we didn't receive anything uh, back until uh, sort of last week, actually, where we got a very standard letter saying that uh, Rebecca Long Bailey had repeated um, anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, and um, not addressing any of the other points. We had some problems with the uh, sort of uh, gung ho stuff around Armed Forces Day, which happened at roughly about the same time, and a, a few other things. Um, and not address and not addressing the the racism in the leaks uh, report, um, but I mean we were quite mild. I thought uh, no one who was a member of the local party uh, had their name put to it who didn't agree with it. We you know we showed we sent the letter around saying you know who wants to sign this. Um, we're not signing it as the local party. We're signing it as individual members and all that. But some people were not happy uh, that this happened, and uh, that caused quite a bit of a, a hoo-ha. So this is the sort of thing I would like to discuss in a branch meeting. I guess it's an odd one, isn't it? Because it sounds like the sort of thing that people are going to retain their opinions about well after the vote has taken place, i.e. I. they're on the letter because they're signing it because they agree, or they're not very much because they don't, in, in very much the same way that we as a country are currently, you know, not necessarily fully in favour of Brexit, but we're still having our economy destroyed. Well, I was, this is it. I mean, some of the other things that um, Keir Starmer has done that has unsettled me a little bit. Uh, things like only seeming to communicate through uh, the pages of newspapers that I wouldn't use to light a fire, even. Ah, do you mean the newspapers uh, read by the sort of people who def who change their minds at elections and are therefore of interest? Well, no, because he writes in the Telegraph and in the Daily Mail, and yeah, I, th um, I think it was when people who read the Telegraph voted Labour that Labour won. I, I mean, not all of think, them. <laughs> I don't think people. I don't think people who wrote uh, um, read the Telegraph vote Labour whatsoever so it was something like two percent of uh, telegraph voters at the last election but the um so these piece in the in the mail came out 
this week at the same day that people in the ma- reading the mail would have been treated to a uh, a Cluedo-based uh, graphic suggesting that Jeremy Corbyn had deliberately infected Seamus Milne with COVID-19 and sent him into number 10 Downing Street. Huh. Is that, sorry, is that a joke? No, that really ha- that that really happened. That was the that was a story. Did uh, did did um, Corbyn Stalinist infect Boris? Oh, he's not got. He's not that smart. It would have been brilliant. No, surely Boris's idiocy infected Boris. His you know, well, critical support. If he was indeed infected, but critical support to anybody who's going to attempt to uh, hold a viral load and uh, <laughs> take them down. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also it sounds like. Is Seamus Mill uh, uh, ve- uh, vegan or vegetarian or some such? He's quite thin, maybe. Yeah, I just I can imagine you know you'd be pre- you know taking quite a serious risk if you're a vegan and uh, then also risking your health just to try and make Boris ill. He looks very healthy for his age, does uh, Seamus, which I think is one of the things that. Uh, oh well, in that case, maybe he felt confident that he could act as an agent uh, for the virus and. It seems to me. It seems to be more likely that shaking hands with all of those virus-infected travelling posh assholes. Well, he's a he's a moron and deserves everything he gets. He came to he came to encourage encourage people to go shopping again at my local shopping centre, which is the east eastern Westfield. Didn't feel motivated to go there after that. The whole you must not discuss. You must not discuss. This well, I, this, that's news uh, since we started this conversation, I have to admit. So the do not discuss thing sounds very... Um, I don't like the sound of you should not discuss, you know, at all. That doesn't sound right. Um, the, what was the phrase, the legal phrase he, he seemed so to it, use? Um, it, it was uh, it's from but the email that comes from the General Secretary and it suggests that it's not competent business. Right, well, that's not even a proper phrase, is it? So it definitely sounds a bit lawyery. So it sounds like the sort of thing that maybe poor old Keir just has in his head. Like, it means something to him, because, uh, but but to the rest of us, it's... Yes, it does sound like there was a lot of incompetence involved, or... <laughs> well, this is, the, this is the interesting thing, and I'm sorry to jump back to the the other email, the one that, about the Tory incompetence. It's It just seems to be a real weird attack line, uh, but is consistent with lots of other things that Keir Starmer has said. So when he pops his head above the hammy parapet and you see his uh, his coiffure hove interview. He's quite a short man, isn't he? But as he, as he, as he yeah. stands on his box and uh, puts his head above the parapet, um, he quite often says, yes, the Tories should do exactly what they want to do, but they should do it better. I mean, often... More competently. Often, that's not an unfair... Po- if it's like they should save lives, because that's about as much detail as you get from the Tories. We really want to save lives, they say, before quietly mumbling something about it being a lot of effort and them not really wanting to. And, you know, a lot of those lives are poor people, so they don't matter. And so if the response is, I think that the saving lives bit is good, but maybe you should try and be, you know, less cunty about it or read the words and then formulate the policy. You know, I I haven't felt that he's come across too badly on that. I, I feel like it's a bit of a shit gig though like he here he is given a very the opposition i mean doesn't seem to be a lot of fun no but like especially now it it feels like there's a sort of a no-win thing isn't it like a lot of people were very sympathetic to boris when he got covid 
rather than thinking that he got what he fucking deserved. You know, a man with access to all of that scientific data and knowledge about the spread of it, who had gone and behaved in the way he did. You know, I mean, I don't like to say that people deserve their own death (laughs) or a painful death in hospital or a painful near death. I, I think it's wrong to get caught saying that in some sort of recorded medium. It would be embarrassing. But anyway, luckily, I'm sure our listeners wouldn't blame me. <laughs> um, so he, he could have learned a valuable lesson, couldn't he, back then? I would su- suggest, perhaps, that one of the things you need to point out about the Tories is that what they want to do, by and large, is also not the right thing. So... You don't want them to um, abolish the uh, body that is responsible for um, public, public pu- health. England. Pu- public yeah. health. Yeah. And so right right from, now, from, right now, even if it was, even if there was something flawed about it, and I don't really know enough about it. it oh, I'm it's, told it's flawed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think we can all see that it may not have been a hundred percent up to the job, you know. Um, but then we all, you know. I've seen movies. I thought I thought the CDC were going to be brilliant, and look at America. Yeah, so I, yes, I agree that that's obviously mental. But, it, but yeah, but it, but it's all it's not it's not just mental. It's um, it's deliberately, I don't know, uh, cost cutting and stuff. So it's it is the the closing of um, the public health of England is all about changing the remit from uh, doing all the things about public health. And the new agency will only be focused essentially on the type of thing that we've we're facing now, which you have to think. You know, it might. We now think it's really likely, but perhaps the previous. You know, I mean, another one isn't quite. I was going to say, should, shouldn't a gambler now know that we've probably got like a hundred years till the next really good one? Well, it's. Um, the, I mean, talking about uh, yeah. Uh, Matt Hancock, New Market, and the uh, Cheltenham Festival. He, they certainly do know a lot about closing stable doors, <laughs> um, but apart from when to do it. But this whole thing is that if you if you see a Keir Starmer statement, quite often it's going, "Yes, the government should do exactly what they want to do. They should do it better. I'm more competent than they are." Uh, but the and the the uh, uh, the, and that, the sort of the worst sort of comes across, and worryingly, the voters still want the assholes. Like but that, the, that's that, that's the really weird thing I think is that you look at it and people who have heard of him broadly seem to think yeah he does seem to look a bit more competent and then you look at the thing and it's still like Tories ahead by two or three percent. So you wonder yeah you wonder whether that's that's working but also they didn't have the the balls to say anything about even about um, refugee policy. It's like the government. Or you know, so the 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 idea is that the the Tories are honest brokers on this in some way. The you know the the leave wing of the Tory party, which is essentially what the government is. Oh, they're honest brokers. They really want to sort this out for the better. And if they could only do it more competently. The idea that he's scared to have a different vision. Yeah, I, I mean, I think see, this comes back to something I think we were saying, you know, when we were talking about who should be the leader, and my. I think you and I both expressed the worry that having been associated with the whole Brexit thing from the Labour side um, and, you know, being broadly the goody <laughs> uh, from my point of view and therefore not the voters, he was going to have 
trouble speaking up on anything that could even be tangentially related to Brexit, i.e. anything, but especially <laughs> immigration. Um, yeah, and it does sound, it does leave you with a slightly awkward sort of feeling because like, I know in my cynical political thing that, to be honest, not the best move to say anything about immigration that's moral or sensible because um, the moral, sensible people are probably already on side and the arseholes don't need any more ammunition. But that isn't that isn't working, you see, because the party is hemorrhaging members and they may well, for the, mm. major, you know, for the majority, <laughs> still vote Labour. But you know what? They ain't going to knock doors anymore. Does that does that help? Well, it, it it clearly does because one of the the ways in which Tony Blair lost five million votes was by losing two hundred thousand members. Well, I mean, the problem with that claim is that you don't know if it's true. You don't know if those people influenced those votes. You know, you, you can't make a direct connection. You can say, look, these things happened at the same time, and they might be related. Um, well, you can say you can say pretty much on a statistical level that uh, towns where there was a well embedded community organising unit, for example, their votes increased. Um, so you can say things you can you can draw those comparisons on a big statistical level, but you know if you can't if you can't enthuse if you can't enthuse Labour members. It's who are you? You don't. Have, you don't have to do a lot. I think lots of people, as the as the vote for the leadership showed, were quite happy, um, too happy to uh, say, okay, I believe this guy. He thinks we should have more of the same, but we should be a little bit more. I don't know, slick in the way we present yeah. it. You know, lots of people bought that, but yeah, and I, I think I seem, think everyone it saw it in the sort me. of we have we have tried being not very slick and that's not worked well and we've tried it more and it worked even less well i i, I, I don't i don't like the, i don't like the idea that they the labor were not slick they were very well presented what they weren't is popular in the sort of circles that would label them as slick yeah um, uh, yes I mean, this is this is an argument that will never quite go away, is it? It was them; they are against us. No, 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 not not at all, not at all, not at all. But I'm thinking that the um, things are, you know, you could say that I think some people decided that they'd go, okay, what we need to do, we need, we essentially need to make a certain tranche of the the influencing media or the establishment not hostile to us. And you can, I can, they were hostile. So either you can say we weren't, we were, that's a, a thing of, that, either you can say that that is an inherent slickness within um, someone's makeup yeah. or their, or I you mean, can I mean, say, slickness was often the negative term applied from within the Labour Party, especially from the left, about the part, you know, the winning aspects of the party back in 97 but, as but, well uh, but you can okay but you can make you can say that these are the qualities that someone inherently has or you can say that they are a, the outcome is a function of one's 
relationship with the sort of gatekeepers, yeah. And if you and or whatever, and it does the results the same. Um, yeah. but the <laughs> yeah, there's, no, there is yeah, yeah, no, no. Way. It's just the, the result is obviously an important term. But the yeah, but the yeah. But anyway, but the the result is um, but the result at the moment is that you have a certain tranche of say the the commentariat um, saying that they think Islam is doing really well. And does that cut through? I don't know, because in the sense of the right for the Daily Mail, um, so I'm saying, oh, this is and so and you know, oh, the, I'm not like one of the people who is absolutely foaming at the mouth about this. I can understand the idea that you, you don't turn down an opportunity to perhaps to share, you know, share your message with people. Maybe you, I do think you have to draw the line at the sun, but you, but the, you might go, okay, we're going to do this in the, in the daily mail. We might reach a few people. Now I was looking into it and in uh, 2017, Round about nineteen percent of Daily Mail readers uh, voted Labour. Wow! That so when you think when you think back at the vitriol poured at Labour and in particular Jeremy Corbyn around that election, I think there was something like thirty pages of anti-Corbyn material on election day in twenty seventeen. Yeah, those nineteen percent of people, which is around about three hundred thousand are obviously not particularly influenced by the newspaper they read. No, I do feel like a lot of people... I think there is an element of truth, is is that there's always some people who, you know, are happy not to, not to let the political start... Or, or they're aware of their paper's political stance and they don't necessarily share it. And, uh, you know, the, the Daily Mail makes a lot of sense because they're people who... And maybe more motivated by just what they see on the day and the TV news about the politics, and are mostly reading it for the curtain twitching nonsense that you get in the rest of the paper. I mean, it's it's what they build their brand on, isn't it? Really. I I I, I think the on it's easy it's easy for me to see what the online brand is, but without actually, you know, buying the damn thing, um, I don't I don't know. But what my point is that. Maybe the so you've got so maybe the readership of the Daily Mail is not that persuadable. I think that it boils, but I think that you know you were saying nineteen twenty percent. I think that at the other end there'll be you know a certain chunk of right wing people who are not that persuadable, and then there'll be some in the middle who are definitely influenced by the tone the paper takes, and that group again will break down and there'll be some people who are genuinely motivated by stories that say these people seem more slick and media-y because the individuals themselves, the voters, are impressed by people who seem slick and media-y because that's a depressing thing about the world we now live in and Instagram and all the rest of it. Um, people do people do, people do, do like to think that they're on a winning side. That is true. Yes. And someone who's going up in the polls will attract... Um, yeah, there is uh, a snowball effect, or a snow. Well, because snowballs go down. So, <laughs> although that is also true, isn't it? You know, when things seem to be going a bit shit, they do seem to get worse very fast, don't they? That's definitely true. But it's 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 depressing, and you um, we we look at, at this sort of stuff, and 
I think there's a there's a sort of I don't know a tenet of uh, a tenet of um, labourism which lots of people who are in the Labour Party are quite uh, wedded to, which means that people think, oh yeah, they're going to vote for us, whatever. But I mean, it doesn't really count ran by us, but. Um, you know, because of the, the, we're really, you know, we're quite unlikely to 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 win. But I just might not bother to vote. Yeah, if I don't, and that, if I don't, you know, feel and then it. the next time, the the things get a bit closer, don't they? You know, and, and these things do have an effect. I know, I know what you're saying. Well, th- there is another argument, right? And uh, not necessarily a view I support, but if you look at how the right took over the Tory party. Um, what essentially happened was crazy fascist lunatics banged on about crazy fascist stuff, got an unbelievable amount of press attention and time on question time. And, you know, even though now all he does is uh, patrol the coast, um, his effect, you know, the whole politics of the country have been pulled to the right by the amount of attention the far right of the Tory and Tory party and which is now the Tory mainstream and a separate far right party, which changed its name for every election. Yes. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so much, maybe so movement of the Overton window. Yeah, exactly. So is there an argument that those people who want to resign from the Labour Party because ultimately they are too left wing to be in a, a party of government? They are sort of inherently protesty people. Maybe those people need to be out there being more vocal. But who's going to listen to them? That's my that's well, my they, concern. Well, not, not a lot of people listen. listen to Nigel Farage, but those other people are going to be talking to the socialist worker. A lot of people have have to listen to Nigel Farage because he's given national media platforms. Yeah, you don't see Dave Nellis, for example, being given a, a national media platform. So. Um, yeah, so that's that's so there you go. That is part of an in, inherent. There, there is a a clear case of a, a biased media where they will give far right people, um, a, a you know a platform, but they will inherently not give far left people a view. And, and I think there's a an interesting thing is what you know if we are gonna if we're gonna talk talk equivalence. Who, who is a who is an equivalent far left person to Farage? I mean, not that you know, you know. Do, do you get a load of tankies on? You don't get that. You don't get, um, or you don't get a, a load of real dyed in the wool anarchists on. The far left is the far left is pegged as the far far left of the Labour Party. You know what I mean? So the I know what you mean. Well, it gets very desperate, doesn't it? democratic socialists. Because often you get, you know, they, there are some forthright, you know, people who believe in supporting the worker who are pretty right-wing when it comes to foreigners. And, you know, they head back in the other direction. And I, I never know where I don't that... Buy, I, don't, I, yeah, I, don't buy, I don't buy that. I think that you... I don't, I don't buy horseshoe, horseshoe theory. I don't think that you can... If they believe that, in the sense of they're not they're shitty to foreigners, then they're not left wing. Fair enough, but they used to vote Labour, and now they don't. So, 
or possibly I'm saying, you know. And they used to be members of unions, maybe. When well, lots, those, of people, the, lots of people used to be members of unions. This is this is a little feature for us. We probably we may we possibly we can have this every time in every episode now because so quarterly um, you reckon? Yeah, <laughs> even as as much as that. The um, Adam persuade me not to resign from the Labour Party. Well, I guess we'll only get to have this feature regularly if I'm successful each time, right? Well, you you don't have to be that. You don't have, you don't have to be the the reason that I don't resign. So, uh, a sort of for now. Yeah, no, no. We'll talk. We'll, I'm not going to resign at the moment, and I'll tell you why afterwards. But um, all right. Well, I was just going to say we need you, John. But also, I mean, that is kind of true. Um, certainly, people with some sort of experience and. You know, I, as I said, the the young who people who'd joined for Corbyn didn't know what was going on last time. You know, they were not actually great on the ground campaigners, um, and had very limited experience. And it would, you know, I think that you must have enough context as that to know that the party is still open for directional change. I think I'm not, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I really buy that uh, individual members can have any influence on the direction of the party. Particularly not. Well, if what no, we're, no, if what, we're, what we're seeing is a sort of um, mirroring the the sort of stuff that um, Kinnock did in um, you know subtly changing the way that the the party structures work. Or what you're allowed to discuss at, uh, at meetings or whatever to to reduce the influence that uh, members have on on policy. I don't know. It's tricky, that isn't it? Because such a short period, not such. A, I mean, such a f- so few people. Even over how many years is it now since Kinnock? Ninety three or late ninety two. So nearly yeah. tw- nearly tw- yeah. nearly oh. close, nearly thirty. Okay. Oh my god, I'm old now, you know. I remember that. I've fallen over on beaches as well, you know. <laughs> what can an ordinary member influence? So lots of people are saying, stay, 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 uh, stay on, uh, because you'll get to vote in the NEC elections in September. I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't peg everything on that. I, I would think of it more. Well, no, as, would. <laughs> I mean, how much? God, of... No, absolutely no, because it's been that's been gerrymandered so that um, rather than potentially on weight of numbers winning nine seats on the uh, NEC, that any one grouping of uh, members can only win about you know five or six. So the is the, the balance of the NEC has been gerrymandered by movement, sort of party management away from any possibility of there being a left majority. So you've got... So the way the, way the, the, the NEC is made up of you know, union representatives, um, people, uh, uh, shadow cabinet representatives appointed by the leader, the leader, the deputy leader, the um, general secretary appointed by the leader, um, so on and so forth. And 
the CLP representatives being the only ones that are rejected by a mass um, audience, the, you've got your, the treasurer and the disabled representative and uh, the BME uh, representative who are elected by people in you know in those categories. The um, so you've got nine essentially nine seats up for grabs on a much much larger body. Um, even because, if you got all nine, sorry, even um, if you got. So, is there an incidentally a sort of slight argument that all of the various uh, minorities are a huge potential for bias? As in they're overrepresented? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think that there's an overrepresentation to a certain extent. From but the I, you know, I could have an ethnicity and also be excessively left or right wing, right? Um, of course, you could. <laughs> the the balance on the NEC was so tight that, uh, given the for the it, you know so the, the the left was supposedly in charge under under Jeremy, but take away the leader, deputy leader, shadow cabinet seats, and take away at least three of the CLP seats, the balance has gone anyway. So even if the the left do brilliantly in these NEC elections, then there's not going to be a left majority on the NEC. So, so we're not going. So we're not going to get mandatory reselection through anything like that. We're not going to get any sort of the party democratization stuff that really needs to happen to to move the party on. It's not going to happen. I mean, out of interest, is there any scenario where the party democratization? also makes the party go a bit right-wing? Or is it is the party democratisation just a watchword for making it more left-wing because the members are always more left-wing because the members have a less realistic view about elections? Why? No, but, but it's a membership organisation, so the views... The party should reflect the views of the members. Should it? But, yes. Otherwise, what's the point of it? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, I have. I don't have a definite answer for that point. I just often think, should it? Because sometimes, you know, the activists and the members can be a little wide of the real, realism mark, in just the same way as, you know, I mean, admittedly now. Well, look at the Tories. Okay, the Tories used to be broadly a government that. Like, yes, we didn't like them, but I can now see the difference between them and what happens when all the angry old grannies and various other unpleasantnesses, you know, completely take over and run the party. It's it's a different world, isn't it? And would would it be better to be a long way over to the left? Or as we said, is there even a one le- one left or does it branch off? Well, the, but the whole point is about reaching a consensus. So, I think, and the the point of view, it wasn't as left. I guess as, that's my real question: is Is there any possibility of consensus? Well, <laughs> I think, well, I think, I did, did, possibly not. And I think that there's a there's a possibility of a sort of majoritarian consensus, which uh, was sort of what we reached in sort of the 2017-2019 manifestos. In the sense that, yeah, that was very much supported by a majority of members, and it had to be supported by 
a good way of the unions and stuff to get to get through. And as we saw in polls, a lot of it was broadly supported individual policies by the public. So that was a good, um, you know, consensus manifesto, particularly 2017. And Keir Starmer obviously thought it was a good consensus manifesto because his pledges as when he wanted to be elected as leader was all to keep that stuff. Now, evidence since is not great on that. But, but he hasn't had that long yet. Although, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. Yeah, but, he, you know, but he's been he's been chipping them off one by one. There's a thread on Twitter where somebody chips off all ten of his sort of pledges that he's you know he's backtracked or or um, you know you know or reneged on. I mean, I guess any politician trying to get that job would have had to say those things. But well, I, I'm not saying that's I don't, I don't, make I don't you like him anymore. Well, I, I, I mean, I, 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 who knows? Because not not everybody was. You didn't have to say that. I think you could possibly could have got that job without, without. He possibly could have won. He won so convincingly because people essentially like blokes in suits. He could have won that. He yeah. could have won that anyway. He didn't. Out of interest, do you far. think that the members of the Labour Party like blokes in suits, or enough do you of, think? I think enough or, of them do. Do you think they think other people do? I. Don't, I, I mean, I genuinely don't. I don't know about that. I think there's an inherent. I think there's. I think there's an inherent sexism and inherent racism. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, actually, I've always thought the Labour Party did have quite solid chunks of sexism and racism, which you know may explain its issue with yeah, leaders. Yeah, I think that. I think like that's more, more true. so possibly than the more practical and financially motivated sides of the talk. You know. The economic Tories, rather than the you know, what what do we call them? Brexity fascist Tories. I think. I mean, I, I think I, I'm not tiring a lot of people with the with the, the brush, but there's and I, I would not say that the Labour Party probably had those problems more than wider society, but it's certainly not immune from no. that. And I think that was certainly enough to tip a balance. Um, I think that was. That was, you know, that was inherently inherently possible, but the the I think the I think the, the the point being is that if we, as a member, you can't have an influence on policy. If you're actually saying you can't um, you can't talk about lots of things, you can't even have a you can't even throw a grenade at the at the leadership. You know, you can't even do that. Um, it's not you great, can't. that is it? I mean, I, I, I've got to say, I feel like the the leadership should be able to accept a few of that. I think if you're going to be leader of the Labour Party, you're going to have to accept because it is a large group of you know vocal people that one or two people are going to screw screw things up for you, um, and you know possibly in the long term of trying to win an election, whatever those people do. Um, you know, as they try and relive Corbyn glory or, you know, a lot of things that may even be, the, you know, maybe the right thing, but may also be not great electioneering. A proper leader should be able to put that shit down. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to come across as a sort of, um, as a, sort of the way some of the, the, the right of the party came, but sort of what, in a sort of sense, what goes around comes around. And if, if it was true that, um, you know, the people were saying, shitty things about um, Jeremy Corbyn, 
Yeah, people in the Labour Party were saying some pretty shitty things about Jeremy Corbyn. But yeah, obviously the people outside the Labour Party were saying worse things. Well, almost. You know, so it's like if you can't handle that, Keir, you, you wait till you see what the those papers you're now courting will do if they decide you're not the person for the job, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, There's, exactly. But it seems, but to, it seems to me that the, I mean, the, the, what he needs to do with all those papers and what he easily, what he can do, and what he probably has started doing is just persuading them. Which the, probably the best you can hope for as Labour leader is that they haven't actively and aggressively closed their mind yet. Because newspapers, there's one other thing newspapers like, which is chaos or change. You know, that's something you can report on. It's why that you know. It's probably why Brexit happened. It's certainly why it was given more credit as a possibility. Is because the idea of that change was exciting from an editor's standpoint. I mean, I think I, that's into, yeah, it's highly possible because certainly the the chaos of it. And but thinking back to, I mean, what you look at, for example, the the reaction over the schools opening now. You can broadly say, to your point, that, um, yes, what everybody wants is for schools to be open. That is true. Everybody wants that. But it isn't about conservative competence, necessarily, to get that to be okay in September. Because, for a start, I'm not sure they're honest actors on this. So I think they're quite often very competent. So, but what you, you, it's not about competence. You, what you need to say is we want them to be open, but it needs to be safe. And that's not what he's saying. He misses out this step. And, but the re, one of the reasons he doesn't want to say it is because that's the union line, which is the correct line. He doesn't want to be told that he's being beholden to the unions. So, I'm not sure it's even that. I also think that that's a, that's a test. You set yourself the test of being safe. And uh, you that's can something it. you can very easily fuck up, isn't it? Yeah, but it's but so he, in, in the sense, I do think it's got a lot to do with the unions. So the unions were happy to set that test because that test meant their, 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 yeah. li- you know, their lives. It's also what you do for your staff, isn't it? Yeah, it's, the right, it's yeah. their job, yeah. They're like, they're like, but Keir loves to set tests when they go his... They're going to go his way, and he can manipulate them. But so he got rid of Rebecca on Bailey, which leaves, I'm afraid, the the shadow cabinet so full of fucking melts and slugs that it's like a, I don't know, a gastropod, like, a, like the actual cabinet. It's like a gastropod fondue. It's like the fucking. It's just horrible, melted sluggishness. The there's nothing there to that's grab a, hold of. That's preparation for government, mate. What they're doing is they're looking at how the cabinet works. And they're trying to create, a, you know, a group of non-entities who no one's ever heard of, so you know, who can just be put into position. No, this is this is this sort of I don't know this sort of snail fondue thing that you that you you're looking at, and you just think I don't know who the I don't I, I you have to look up who the shadow home secretary is or how the education shadow education secretaries you have to look them up and they're not saying or doing anything useful so they're putting but, all the eggs in the basket of keir starmer keir. looking good in his suits but is that because they're not given a big basket so all of the eggs is essentially one exit egg anyway at the moment you know it's 
there's not that much time given to the op- opposition and there probably won't be for quite a while. So it's it's quite a long game, isn't it? At the moment, you need to take every opportunity to point out idiocy. You make a choice. There are lots of statements to be made at the moment. And Boris Johnson is very happy to share, share around responsibility for all the fuck-ups. So it's entirely possible. And they it's true that they want Keir Starmer visible, but they could send, you know, you can send the opposite number to whoever they're sending. And that's really easy to do. And if you want to build up this idea of a competent team, a competent alternative government, rather than just puffing up one person, that's what you need to do. You need to do that over four years. Yeah, I guess you... I mean, there's 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 truth there. I guess part of that, any strategy now, is it's complicated by not knowing if there's going to be a second wave because with that you still have to carry on being supportive and stuff and then you still get two years of uh, a massive recession or you know depression um to look all you know like any alternative kind of thing so it's it's all a bit slow for those of us who enjoy a bit of political fight because you know we're as far as you can get from the fun bit of the election and 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 if if I was if I was someone to whom the three pound a month subs was a huge deal, and I'm lucky enough to say that that, that isn't the case, the um, I would say okay, it's not worth it's not worth it. You know, it's not worth propping this up. And if it changes, you can always go back, and because you can affect as much change, perhaps more change from the outside. Um, I have, as far as I'm concerned, the limited benefit from being able to vote in the NEC elections and stuff is is worth that. Um, and somewhat the sort of like you know the social connections and stuff with with you know other members and stuff that's that's worth that to me. I think yeah, that but, second bit is probably more true. I, I mean, I also feel a bit more grounded. And to be honest, politics is not a popular discussion at home for me. Um, so, so being a member is, is going to be worthwhile for a while anyway. I'm also always quite interested to get the, the other end of the view, you know, which I get from you, obviously. <laughs> uh, but, uh, slightly more than half of the, uh, the branch seem to take, uh, your side of things too. So we had a, so the one thing, so the other thing, but one thing, so I'm not going to resign at the moment at least, but I'll ask you to keep, keep on at that. But the other thing that is the case, I've had written for some time my resignation as branch secretary and i haven't sent it anywhere and the reason i've had that written is because essentially that takes up time being a member doesn't take up any time being branch secretary takes up time now if it re- if i really if, re- if there really is no influence whatsoever for an ordinary member then that time would be better spent i don't know uh campaigning um with the green new deal uh guys or campaigning with the Acorns um, Tenants Union or something, doing something, um, and that, or being a union rep at work, where they're all, you know, that's always useful. So that could have been a thing that, you know, that's because it could be a thing that I could do with my limited amount of time. But the reason I was hanging on, I was hanging on to get a vote at the um, NEC nominations meeting, which happened last week. That did happen online. 
So um, has your CLP nominated for the NEC yet? Uh, I, I ought to know that. <laughs> um, no, you, you, you would know, you'd know if they had it. There would have been an announcement. Well, you, you're confident that I read all of my um, assorted emails. Um, you're confident I even know how to read my emails now. I'm <laughs> not that, not that, not that many, not that many um, CLPs have nominated yet. We were quite early, um, so I think it's uh, it's it's unlikely. But the um, the the it was an interesting thing. We had a meeting on Zoom. Then there was some sort of system where you had to have been at the meeting to get a vote. So once you're in the meeting, the, the organizer was checking you in, and then they emailed everybody who was there a vote ah. after the meeting had closed. Nicely old school and new school at once. So there's, um, yeah, so the equivalent of locking the door at sort of 7.15. Yeah. Um, but it was a secret ballot. It was interesting. But the, the left slate for um, the NEC, ours at least, was nominated very easily. Um, but that that is because... I think the, the the constituency party is sort of left leaning, but the delegates and the constituency parties from different branches and from socialist associations are definitely much more left wing. Um, and that's one thing that anybody who's in the party can definitely do, almost definitely do, because um, a local branch will be allowed um, general uh, committee delegates to its CLP uh, proportionate to its size. Yeah. And um, that might mean there's 250-odd uh, members in our branch. We're allowed 12, 13, half of which uh, must be women. Um, and then the, the secretary gets a, a thing anyway. So I'm not a delegate because I'm a a, sort of... A, I, no, no, because I'm, I'm an ex-officio delegate, so... Um, I'm delegate because I'm the secretary, if you see what Got I mean, me. rather than... Oh, okay, yeah. But but we didn't fill our 12 places. Pretty much anybody who was a member of the branch who... Who wanted to asked, go... Who wanted to be, could, could be. And the, the responsibilities are quite little on this. You'll, you, get the, you get the vote on that. You get the vote on the um, executive committee for the CLP. Um, you get a, a limited vote on council candidates and things like that. And that's pretty much it. That's all you get to do. So that might be two meetings a year that you need to be at to make a difference. Um, and that's really something that anybody who's, is particularly anybody who's left, can do. They might influence things a little bit by being able to do that and just go along to the AGM, become a delegate, and and that's. Um, but that's the thing. That's the only thing that's stopping me resigning as branch secretary at the moment. That I wouldn't be. That I wouldn't be a delegate. What if you had a smaller branch, and what if you also had a uh, branch chair who was inclined to encourage his favourites? <laughs> they can't if they haven't got enough nominations. And you ask, you're not going to not be one. Yeah, but if they have got enough nominations, well, because they're a small it. number, and the person effectively makes those nominations during the process like he doesn't wait for there to be an awkward gap where there aren't enough uh, and I, I think that's quite a common trait i think uh, people well that's what, that's control yeah. of experience you know well that's when these things can really yeah they can become they can become contested but there's vast amounts of fairly sort of moribund branches around the you know around the 
around the country. So influence can be. So what you know, you're saying is move house that yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that there's, like well, there's pick, two pick, things, isn't pick there? Your, um, pick your labour branch in the same way you try and move somewhere with good schools. Well, that that would be, that would depends what you want. So if you want to, if you want power over a, a, a branch to fiefdom, yeah, move somewhere impossible. If you actually want to stand and be a, a councillor or something, um, yeah, do it the other way because, like you know, I it's quite very easy for me to become the council candidate if I want to, because uh, no one else wants to because you can't win. So I can be the candidate, but I can't. There's no chance of being the very little chance of being no, there. Here, you can win it. And obviously, everyone wants the free money. So, uh... well, you don't get paid around here apart from county council. So now that's over with. That's it. so my my reason for want my reason for wanting to stay secretary is lessons. I mean, I'm quite good at it, but um, the uh, it's yeah. I don't necessarily want to do it. What? Well, yeah. What about your fans? <laughs> oh yeah, and all of whom are listening, of course. The the it's it's I know it's it's genuinely quite um it's genuinely quite depressing. And the one and I was going to say that I would hang on till the uh, the Ford review uh, came out to see if that because if that is a whitewash, that would be a, a big straw. But that keeps getting pushed pushed back, so that may not even report this year now. Um. And it's not the Ford review you you might think it is. It's not the review of that the new electric unfunny. Oh, that yeah, <laughs> that ter- or that terminally unfunny Blairite comedian, um, yeah. of which I could quite easily review uh, chip sandwich. But the or a, a list of not the best presidents ever. I mean, that would be a fairly long list. But the um, there has been nothing more about the new leadership that's talked about that being kicked into the long grass. You know the, the yeah, it's yeah. um yeah. I mean, it's it's a difficult thing. They did not go mad on soliciting um, people uh, to say anything to the review either. Momentum actually had to have a, do a campaign to tell people that the there were submissions because I don't think the Labour Party sent out anything. Um, so it's it's looking like a whitewash. But will will I hang on? Does that? Will I hang on till that comes out? I'm not sure. I guess it depends. If they can keep edging it, but not too far ahead, it puts you off. So, well, three pounds a month. Give us, yeah, give us a couple of three quids. Maybe next time I'll, I'll give it some um, proper thought before we speak, so I can get you a better reason than ah, uh, it's nice, isn't it? Well, if it was, if I mean, it's less than it. It's less than Netflix. Um... But uh, it's more than that. Uh, more than what we have to pay to have the the dogs' flea treatment on subscription. So, so yes, yeah, so I'm st- I'm still here. I'm still standing at the moment. Do you think, Adam, that it's doing this going well? Oh, that's. Um, do you know? I think it might be going as well as it reasonably can be in term. If right, if the goal is winning the election. Um, and you know that's a a tough goal. It's a lot. It's a big, uh, big turnaround. You know. Um, so if we used a Jeremy Corbyn definition of winning, you know, simply not losing as badly as the time before, um, it I, I suspect that will happen. Which is, 
nice, but I don't know how much of that is Keir's effort and how much of it is the government's effort. Because not only does the government occupy, you know, almost all of the media time, um, but they're not making themselves look good doing it. They just seem terrible. And then we, you know, it looks by almost every reasonable measure that in a couple of years' time, when the virus is a bit more behind us in our memories and stuff, we'll be living with pretty unpleasant economic environment, and those are not usually good for governments either. Is it looking good for the Labour Party? Yes, but not as much as I'd hoped it would. But I don't think that it would be, you know... What we haven't got is that thing you had by now in Blair's leadership, which was you just knew he's going to win. Some years out, the result of the next election was not in doubt. But then when he inherited it, he inherited, uh, you know, a much smaller majority government that looked pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, I think I, I, I don't. I wouldn't expect him. Would you think that? And and a party in mourning, you know, it was, you know, it's not the, it's different, isn't it? Like the departure of John Smith did not leave, or it left a vacuum that needed filling quickly, and it created a better, much better atmosphere than having somebody leave that not everyone quite wanted to have left and you know there's a lot of political awkwardness isn't there in the same that there what just wasn't for Blair what I mean political awkwardness inside or outside inside the party I mean even outside Um, I mean there was a lot of you know outside because people were just a bit more human back then I think you know there was a certain sympathy from people in general uh, to you know I think John Smith was seen as quite a statesman, statesman-like character, and then because he died tragically young, um, he didn't leave a political problem. Whereas Jeremy Corbyn is associated with a different wing of the party, and that wing of the party is definitely not, you know, very happy about a lot of events. Um, so there is a, a continuing political problem in the party. At the same time, the mountain that needs climbing is much higher. So, Keir and and Keir Starmer just isn't quite as convincing as Tony Blair. Anyway, you know, it's it's not as good as it could be. Did you buy the twenty points ahead thing? Sorry, who's Corbyn versus May? This is way you know way before the. This is when after twenty seventeen Labour were about on average five or six points ahead. And uh, Tony Blair said that any good leader would be 20 points ahead. So now we've got uh, what Tony Blair might think would be a good leader, but we're certainly not 20 points ahead. Yeah. I don't know if to... I mean, I haven't actually... You know, he's normally says quite a lot on lots of subjects, doesn't he, Tony? He's not that He quiet. makes one of his rare rare, um, uh, rare statements, rare intervention. <laughs> his regular rare interventions yes yeah. exactly right um, but he doesn't seem to have made a lot of late on this particular subject no he shut up about that yeah 
But he's uh, he's he's now saying that we should um, essentially all uh, tighten our belts and go out and get ourselves um, pandemicked. He's very angry about us not uh, being more right wing against that disease. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, what, which? Oh, uh, yes, the um, the the free Daily Mail thing that they give out on trains to try and make you become a fascist subtly. Um, they're saying that they it's probably you know not as strong now, so it's all right to go and get it. The metro, that's it. Okay, so if the disease is not as strong, we'd better go out there and get it. Yeah, um, that will be patriotic of us, probably. If yes, um, we'll we'll fight. We'll beat down the the Tory incompetence of that disease, um, and uh, we'll 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 see you next time, whenever that is. Um, I've, I've I've enjoyed well, this. I'm going to ask you, John. Was it was it a what? summer break, or, or or was it like, you know, because we were so busy, or? I, I think, as you say, if um, the leader of the opposition doesn't do anything. <laughs> What are you going to talk about? The uh, it's we didn't trust ourselves to be competent business on this. Um, <laughs> That's right. But now, now somebody has to, you know, somebody has to say something. Somebody's got to say something. Ask? Somebody's got to do something. Uh, we'll do it again soon. Um, you've been Juniper, and you are probably now um, more in the mainstream view uh, about what's going on about the Labour Party than lots of people. And I, I guess I feel like they've stepped one step towards my direction, and then they've uh, put some put some letters around that's uh, sort of unsettling even to me. Well, that's now that's really interesting because I think you're not a you're not like a, a Starmer Stan, as it were. The um, you are uh, yeah you 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 you're so you're someone who maybe shares a lot of his political um, standpoints or at least his electoral. Um, Standpoints without, um, yeah, without without having you know bought well, the whole I have, I have, cream's I have cake. Basically, no interest in his methodology, if you like. You know, I'm, I'm not a Starmerite or anything. I wasn't even really particularly a Blairite. You know, I believe mainly in trying to win by being mild Labour, if that's the best you can get into Britain. You know, better as I said, always better mild Labour than Tory, and. Um, I, I suppose my inherent pessimism of the the British public, which they've done a lot of uh, a lot to really earn, you know, with the recent election run, um, means that you know I've got all of that, but I have no loyalty to the man, and so if he doesn't look like he's doing the right thing, I will be. Oh, you'll be hashtag Starmer out, and uh, all that it'll either be that or it'll be uh, skills wallets all the way to climate chaos. Hang on a sec. Right there.